Good morning, everybody. It is so lovely to see your, see your faces. And uh, we're continuing our community series, and we're looking at the qualities that we as a Christ follower family have together. And today we're going to look at being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, um, we're going to go through a number of verses. And as always, if you'd love to get a copy of my notes afterwards and have all the scriptures, you're welcome to do that as well. But the Apostle Paul, when he was talking to the Corinth church in 1 Corinthians 12, he, in, he instructed and he shaped them in what it means to be a spirit-filled people. And his, op- his opening statement in 1 Corinthians 12.1 says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you, brothers and sisters, that implies, I don't want you to be uninformed. First thing there we notice is, is that it talks about spiritual gifts. In the original Greek language, the word gifts is not listed there. It's sort of been added in the English translation to bring clarity. So he's actually saying now about spirituals, about spiritual matters, about being a spiritual being, which includes spiritual gifts. I don't want you to be uninformed. So it's a whole lot wider than just gifts that he's talking about. The second thing is, I don't want you to be uninformed. In the New Living Translation, he says, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Maybe you're a new Christian here this morning, and you've come to understand who Jesus is and understand God the Father, but maybe the, the God the Holy Spirit is something that you've not yet fully understood. Or maybe you're not yet a Christian this morning, and maybe you're watching online as well. Good morning, everybody. And, uh, and, and you're, not, you're on that journey to find out what it means to be a Christian. Maybe your, your, your life is feeling lack of joy and, and lack, lack of life. Well, being a Christian is more than just a dead religion. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. Somebody, when they found out that I was a Christian, they, they said, are you one of those happy, clappy Christians? Which is one of those kind of perceptions of what it means for the Holy Spirit. But maybe you're here this morning, and maybe with the topic of the Holy Spirit, you've, you have some formed views and opinions, maybe even some very strong ones. Last week, Mike uh, Betts talked about being rooted in Scripture. And maybe with your church background, you consider yourself more of a person of the Word than a person of the Spirit. You'd see it as Word or Spirit. Well, we put these two talks together very intentionally, being rooted in Scripture and being filled with the Holy Spirit. We believe in Word and Spirit. It's like two rails of a track that the train goes down And maybe you've had some bad experiences in the past. Maybe you've been prayed for in the past and and been pressured into some kind of a response. Well, maybe you've seen some some weird or or had some weird experiences, and maybe you think, well, if that's what it's all about, I don't think I want it. My friend Jeremy Hazel talked about there was this person that was a musician, and, and he would put his hands over top of the keys of the keyboard. And somebody says, what are you doing? He says, I'm playing in the Spirit. You know, those sort of things. In 2 Timothy 1.7, there's an interesting verse that says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Maybe you have a real fear regarding the Holy Spirit, a fear of being embarrassed, a fear of disappointment. I talked to someone who said that if I were to speak in tongues, I'm afraid of having my having some kind of I'm going to end up like an an automatic machine gun, just not being able to to, to stop what I'm saying. Maybe fear of disappointment. Maybe you feel like, well, if I'm not feeling anything, then nothing is happening. 
And I actually felt while I was kind of preparing this, that, that there were some that fear was like a schoolyard bully. You know, when you had a, a schoolyard bully, you end up, they end up taking your lunch, they end up taking your sweets, they end up taking your pocket money, and they kind of stood in the way of you getting back home. And fear as a bully robs us of what is rightfully ours. It robs our peace. It robs our freedom. Now, as we said, I know that there's many different expressions and facets to fear. But maybe you feel that you're too young. A number of years ago at New Day in 2018, I think we've got a picture coming up here. It was a really very special moment where I was able to sort of lead a whole, about 350 youth in one room on hearing God um, during one of the New Day sessions. And just an incredible thing to be able to see that it's not based on age as to whether you hear God. And I think it's such a precious value that we hold as a church that our kids can hear God and be as spirit-filled as any of us. Over the years, kids putting encouraging, encouraging words under, under seats during some of the holiday seasons and, and our kids coming out of kids' zone and sharing with their parents what God has spoken to them. In Galatians 3, Paul says to them, Are you so foolish, having begun with the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Maybe you feel like you've lost something of the life of the Spirit, a lack of life and power. Maybe you think, I was so full of the Spirit before, and look at me now. And that's why Paul says, I don't want you to be uninformed. So this morning, how can we be best informed? However we find ourselves this morning in all of this, I think we can anchor ourselves in what Jesus said and taught about the Holy Spirit I think that would be helpful. I think we can trust his words more than any other words, couldn't we? So what does Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? Well, kids, as Grace said, that there'll be, you can get some answers in your papers as to how, the benefits of the Holy Spirit, but also you'll be able to take the scripture challenge and look at some of the verses I'm going to share about and pick out things that you took from them the most. And as Jesus is coming to the end of his journey with his disciples, he was just before he was going to go to the cross. He, uh, he, said, he said that to his disciples who had just seen all the miracles, who had, who had seen all the healings, who had, who had seen him calm the sea and, and see him bring freedom to people. He says in John 16, 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now I can imagine the disciples saying, Jesus, are, are you kidding me? <laughs> It's kind of like saying that the Tottenham Hotspurs would be a better advantage without Harry Kane. Or, or, or saying that the English cricket team would be better without Ben Stokes. But he says, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. You see, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the helper or the comforter, depending on what translation you're reading, and the spirit of truth. And we're going to see between a few verses in John 14 and John 16 that Jesus tells the benefits and the qualities about this helper. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? First of all, in John 14, 16, he says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. He'll be with you forever. The first thing to note is Jesus, the Son of God, is saying, I will ask God the Father to give you God the Holy Spirit. That's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity of God. And Jesus is telling them that it would surpass their previous experience of being with him to have the Holy Spirit come. 
You see, the Holy Spirit in us is better than being in person with Jesus because he's with us forever. That's, that's a really profound thing to consider. And then he con- continues in the next verse. Even the Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, you will know him. Again, notice it's a him. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not just a, a vapor or, or, or a thing. For you know him, for he dwells in you and will be in you. We can know him because he'll be in you and dwell with you. You see, being filled with the Holy Spirit means Jesus is in us and with us. It's like the old song we used to sing from Romans 8. You know, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it'll quicken your mortal bodies. It means God is right here in our hearts. His love overflowing in our hearts. And the more that we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the more aware we are of him in our hearts. So then if we jump to verse 26 of John 14, he says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. When you read the Bible, you might think that nothing is happening. I'm just like I'm reading a book. But the Holy Spirit brings those things back to your remembrance when you need them. You find that, that when you're going, all of a sudden, some, a verse comes back to you when, when you most need it. Or how many have found that when you read the Bible, that something just jumps out at you, that just really meets what you're look, needing that day? Or even when we read it, it's, it's, the Holy Spirit helps us to make sense. It causes verses that we read to even to make sense of our, for our lives today. And part of also being that the Holy Spirit bringing these things back to remembrance of us is Jesus said in Luke 12, he says that whenever you have to stand before the synagogue or before rulers or before authorities, do not be anxious about what, which, how you're going to defend yourself or what you're going to say. How many of you felt like, what if I get into a situation that somebody's going to ask me something and I don't know what to say? Anybody any, have that sort of thing? Yes. What am I going to say? How am I going to answer it? What if they ask me about the Bible and I don't have an answer? Well, it says, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. We have the Holy Spirit for that. He'll defend us. There's a quote from Terry Virgo of his own experiences when he, when he, when he learned about the Holy Spirit. He says, knowing that there was an experience of the Holy Spirit that would make Jesus more real and more obviously present, and would set me free from my inhibitions or reluctance. I wanted it. But then Jesus goes on and speaks about the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth. In John 16, 13, he says, When the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he'll not speak of his own authority, but whatever he says, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. First of all, it says he will guide you into all truth. And that fits well with what Mike said last week. He said that we have to be rooted in scripture about truth today because in our society, there's so many variances of what is truth. But we want to be rooted in the word. But also it says here that the Holy Spirit will give us discernment and and give us in our hearts to, to know what is truth. So word and spirit again. But it also says that it will declare to you of the things that are to come. And I've got a really cool story that's happened recently that that. Uh, about a year ago, um, I was invited to come to, to in, be with the New Life Beckles leaders, with, a, with Marcus from, from Norwich, um, to give some prophetic encouragement, kind of what, 
what God has for the next season. And as we got to the end of our time, I just had this really sudden thought about that there was a building for them, and this building was going to be in the city, in the town center of Beckles. So you think, well, that could be me, it could be anybody, so I, but I just shared it. And, and James Wilson, who leads the team there, he, his response afterwards, he says, actually, that kind of arrested my attention because we'd been talking a lot about a building, and I just thought, oh, there's too many things going on right now for us to think about that. But he said, now that you said that, that really caught my attention. Is okay, okay. Now, near the end of this last year, all of a sudden, the Laura Ashley's shop, which is just outside of Tesco's, came available in Bass. And so they, they started to think, well, maybe we can make a bid on this. And it was going to be quite a stretch for them to be able to do it. But they thought, well, let's just take a step. Well, then it ended up not working out. They ended up having, it went to auction. And so then they thought, well, maybe we can make a bid on it. But then it kind of fell through then. Well, it turns out that they were actually given the full leasehold of it for a much reduced price. So God spoke to them what he wanted to do, and God did it. That is what the Holy Spirit does for us. And it, it goes on in John 16, 14. He says, the Holy Spirit will glorify me. So Jesus is saying, the Holy Spirit will glorify me. And that means that being filled with the Holy Spirit stirs worship in our hearts. Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit in us, it's in us, it teaches us, it reminds us, it guides us, it defends us, and it stirs us. And that's such an amazing quality for something that we just, that he wants to have in our hearts. But he also says in Luke 11, verse 13, he says, if you then who are evil, a very familiar verse, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts, can everyone say good gifts? There you go. To give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You see, Jesus wants to make sure that we know that the Holy Spirit is better than any good gift that you'd ever receive. Who loves getting birthday and Christmas presents? I love presents. You know, anyone starting to put together a birthday list already? Anybody putting together a Christmas list? You know, you're thinking like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. I'm going to put that on my, on my Christmas list. Is there anybody here that's afraid to open a present? <laughs> you're not thinking, well, what would happen if I open it? <laughs> Depends on who you're getting it from, right? You know, if you've got a prankster friend, be very, very careful, right? I'm better off maybe not opening it. I don't know if I deserve this birthday present. Or I don't know if I deserve this Christmas present. No, you're going to rip that, wrap the... You're going to tear the wrapping off, get so excited, because you know that it's going to be something good, because you know that the person that's giving it is giving you something good, and they love you. That's what, the, what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. Not only did he say this to his disciples, all these great things, it wasn't just an exclusive club with him and his 12 boys, <laughs> that he actually, afterwards, he was actually at the end of a feast. And it says he stood up at the end of a feast, it says in John 7. And he says he stood up and cried out. He wasn't just like a little kind of whisper. He cried out and said, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. It wasn't just an exclusive thing, but he actually opened it up to everyone. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And just so you know, it said, now this he said about the Spirit. And at this point, in, at the end of Jesus' time, as he's coming to the end of his time, it talks about it was, they were something that they were to receive to come. And when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, 
Life throws, flows through us like a river. Just another picture of what the Spirit does. That's an amazing description that Jesus gives about this maker, this helper, the Holy Spirit. In all of Jesus' words, he was describing all the qualities of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus would go to the cross. He would die on the cross for our sins. And after his resurrection, he, asked, he would ask the Father to send this Holy Spirit that we now have today. And so we see in the story that after his resurrection, after he rose from the grave, that he revealed himself to his disciples. And in this moment, this sort of post-cross moment, when he's back with his disciples, it says in John 20, that he says to him, peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And that's like us, even when we receive Jesus in our hearts. That he invites us into, we invite Jesus into our hearts and he comes in by the Holy Spirit. And how many of you found that when Jesus came into your heart, things start changing? You know, your attitudes start changing, your, your thoughts start changing, your, your focus and, and your perspective starts changing. So you might think, well, don't we already have then the Holy Spirit when we invite Jesus into our hearts? It's like a measure of the Holy Spirit. It's like he, he comes like a well. It's, it's a measure of the Holy Spirit. But there was so much more for them to come with that Holy Spirit. Because in Luke 24, again, after that, just before he's about to, to be descend, ascended in, into heaven, he says, and behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father unto you. And stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. He's saying, don't go out powerless. Not only will you have the Holy Spirit within you, but it's a Holy Spirit with power. Imagine living life powerless. Kids, imagine if there was no electricity. Imagine there was no mobile phones, no Xbox, no PlayStation, no Fortnite, no TikTok, no TV. What would life be like? <laughs> it's like, wow, powerless. I remember when I was in... Um, Zambia, we had a mission trip there and we were in this house and all of a sudden there was a complete power cut just as the sun was about to go down. And it wasn't safe to go outside and there's nothing that the TV wasn't working, there was no lights, it was too early to go to sleep. And so in this powerless moment, I just had to sit there and I didn't know what to do. But thank God that we've been given power. Jesus never intended us to live a powerless life. He says, you'll be clothed with power. And I'd like us to read this next verse together in Acts 1.8, which is really the, the crux of what we want to say today. And kids, as we do this, there's, you're going to see the word power. And can I just have you say power with, with a real fervor to it, okay? So Acts 1.8, let's read this. I think you have it up on the screen. Here we go. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit gives us power. It gives us power in our work. It gives us power in our school when we're having difficult times. It gives us power when we're afraid and we don't know what to do. When we have troubles with our friends, it gives us power in our exams. And many people need that right now. But also, the important thing is being filled with the Holy Spirit is not just an individual thing. Because after Jesus says, go and wait for the Holy Spirit to come, then in Acts 2, there's this lovely picture of the disciples being filled with that promised Holy Spirit 
Well, they were all together. In Acts 2.1, it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Just an explanation there, that tongues is a prayer language that comes with the Holy Spirit, where my spirit speaks directly to God. And that's why in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, but I'll pray in a tongue. When I, but if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. And what am I to do? Well, I will pray in my spirit, and I will pray with my mind. And I will praise with my spirit, and I will sing with my mind also. And so that is why, just as we come to land here, that is why Paul said in, in the Corinth church, now about spiritual gifts, about spiritual matters, I don't want you to be uninformed. And he goes on to say in verse 4, but there's a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And there's a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there's a variety of activities, but the same God, who empowers them all in everyone. Can you say everyone? He empowers them all in. And I love this next verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now to each, can you turn to your neighbor and say, to you, buddy. <laughs> to each is given, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. That's a big Scrabble word for you there. The manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Quite simply, the manifestation, that simply means that if you were to have a fizzy drink, your favorite fizzy drink, and as it sits there on the shelf, it's not doing much. It could sit there forever and ever and ever and ever. But if I take that fizzy drink and shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, and open it, manifestation. <laughs> and when we open our mouths, when the Spirit's within us, we can just sit there and do nothing. But when we open our mouth, it manifests. And, it, and what it manifests is gifts and fruit. Not only is the Holy Spirit our personal helper, but when we come together, being individually filled with the Holy Spirit, the gifts and the spiritual activity are expressed through us for the good of all. And he just goes on to list a number of these gifts that the Holy Spirit expresses. For some, through the Spirit, the utterance of wisdom. That's God answers in situations. And to another, the utterance of knowledge. God information, you know, like the, a word of knowledge, like the word about be, fear being like a bully, or a word of knowledge like we have on Sunday morning about something God wants to bring healing to, according to the same spirit. To another faith, that, that spiritual faith, believing God in, in circumstances beyond our own natural ability, faith to see something, that God's going to do something by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing. We love to pray for people for healing, and we've seen many stories of God bringing healing to people. To another, the work of miracles. And another, prophecy where God speaks his heart for us and encourages us. To another, the, the, the ability to distinguish between spirits. That's having discernment to know what's going on in this situation. What Discernment to know from good and evil. And another, variety of tongues and interpretation of tongues. That's like on Sunday morning, somebody has a, a prayer tongue. And then there's someone, another person will have an interpretation of that tongue, which is a, a prayer to God in English. And that's a demonstration, again, of the body working together. And then in verse 11, all these, so all this collection of, of gifts, 
like a spiritual toolbox. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions, who empowers us to each one individually as he wills. You see, when we gather together, even in small or big groups, we can expect the Holy Spirit to express these gifts in all of us, not just those that have that gift or that specialty. So if someone needs healing, we don't have to say, where's the person in the room with the gift of healing? We can, we can be praying for, those, for that person. And then fruit. We know the verse that says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do you want more love? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. More joy? More peace? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the opposite is true about that as well. If we're lacking patience, if you've lost your joy, (laughs) if you have a hard time loving, it could be like an engine light indication on your dashboard. You know, you need more oil of the Holy Spirit. And when we're all together full of the Holy Spirit, These gifts and expressions of the Holy Spirit are expressed in our gatherings, big and small. You know, our worship, we're glorifying Jesus. There's something in our heart that stirs a love for Jesus by the Holy Spirit. The word just jumps out as, and, and we're learning, God's touching things in our hearts by what we're hearing in the word. And there's wonders amongst us that we have contributions and words of knowledge and healings and prayer and our witness. It gives us the words and power to witness, the power to be more like Jesus. Just a final quote here. The gathered, Terry Virgo said this, the gathered church is meant to be a place where the presence of the Holy Spirit is evident. You can't miss him if he manifests. We are, expe- we are expected to be a spirit-filled community, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, speaking and making melody to the Lord with all our hearts. Being filled, the thought of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It acknowledges that sometimes we can feel empty, (laughs) although the Holy Spirit never leaves us. It can feel like we're partly filled or that we're filled to overflowing. And that's why even in our story where we see that the disciples in Acts 2 were filled with the Holy Spirit, just two chapters later, it says they were gathered together in prayer and they were filled with the Holy Spirit again. So it's not just an event in our lives, but it's a process that God wants us to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. If the band wants to come back up, we're going to continue in our worship here. Having said all this today, what if, as individuals, we begin to welcome more of the presence of the Holy Spirit? And one by one, we as a congregation of believers become filled with the Holy Spirit. Our church will be transformed. Our work will be transformed. Our homes will be transformed. Our relationships will be transformed. Our worship will be full of God's presence and virtually unrecognizable compared to what we've previously experienced. The presence of the Holy Spirit changes everything. When we look back at what Jesus said all about it, it's such an amazing thing that God's done for us. Not only in the life of us individually, but also as a corporate church. The empowering and help and guiding and indwelling of the Holy Spirit is God's part. And you know what our part is? Just to be thirsty. Our part is just to ask, knowing that it's a good gift from God. And we're going to come back to just a time of worship, and then we're going to have some time to respond to this. All right? God bless you, everyone. I just felt I wanted to add something 
that God put upon my heart. Um, three weeks ago, I was in Norwich for the weekend. I was lead, t- taking part of the lead t- teaching there. And, and, and that week, I felt like God put something upon my heart for the church in, in Norwich there. And I feel like it's for us as well. And I quickly was reminded of the story about the water that goes under the, the door of the temple. It, and, I, and I went and looked, and I was in Ezekiel. And, and I felt like... I was reminded that that's in Ezekiel 47 in the Bible. And then I was reminded that in Ezekiel 37 is the Valley of Dry Bones. And I felt like in this past season, we've been like Ezekiel 37 with the Valley of Dry Bones. And now I believe God wants to pour out an increase of his Holy Spirit in us and through us. And it said the water flow out from under the threshold of the house. And I feel as a church that we were birthed in the river of the Holy Spirit. You are a people where the river flows. And this is not like when the the bathtub overflows and the water just starts flowing out from under the door. God is speaking of water flowing from the house that gets deeper and deeper. And it says, Ezekiel said, he led me through the water. And it it says that multiple times. And And it was ankle deep and it was knee deep and it was waist deep. And this water flowing from the house speaks of God raising the level of the Holy Spirit amongst us. And it's not a physical house like this building, but it's our hearts. And it's a collective flow for us as a spirit-filled community. And it first of all says that, that the Lord led Ezekiel through deeper measures of the river. Be open to be led by the Lord into increased expressions of the Holy Spirit. And it says it was a river that, that, that he could not wade through because the water had risen and it was enough to swim in a river that could not be crossed by, by wading. And the Lord led Ezekiel into deeper and deeper waters until he had to swim that he couldn't stand in his own strength. And so the response from you and I individually is to jump in. To jump in. Don't be afraid of the water. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Don't allow fear regarding the Holy Spirit. I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and self-control, as we've already read. And these waters go out through the eastern region. I feel like this is not just for us as LCC or Norwich, but I feel like God is speaking to us. It's a region thing. God is pouring out his purposes, not just to make us better, but to flow out from this house. And it says, every living thing where the river goes will live. As we allow ourselves to be led into more of the Holy Spirit, that which looks dead, the river will bring life. And it says these rivers go, they'll be, it'll be become fresh. And wherever things have been stale, the Holy Spirit will bring life. But also said that where the river went, there was lots of fish and fishermen. Every living creature which flows in every place where the river goes will live. Very many fish, it says. And it will come about that fishermen will stand beside it. And I believe that the purpose of God filling us with his spirit in these days is is that out of it will flow effective, fruitful evangelism. It also says there was all kinds of trees, which, which speaks of us being oaks of righteousness. This river will make them fruitful. More fruit, more more spirit, more fruitfulness. And it says they will bear fruit every month because the, because their water flows from the sanctuary. And their fruit will be the food and their leaves will be healing. More spirit, more healing. And God says, I will cause the river to flow deeper 
amongst you be open and to be led by the Spirit into a deeper expression of the Spirit beyond your own efforts. In this next season, you will be a community where increasingly the river flows from you individually and corporately, flowing out into this region and bringing in fish, food, which speaks of resources, fruitfulness, and healing. John, and Jean has something that she just wants to add to that. Go ahead. Yeah, I just have this feeling, um, and I've had it for a while, that um, God's not done with LCC. And the Holy Spirit's not done with you as individuals. And I just wonder sometimes whether that's going on in one or two people's minds. Because I had a picture a while back, and it was of your front doors. And there was a huge wave coming in through the doors, a huge wave of the Holy Spirit. And it was coming straight through the doors and right away to the back. And then it was going out and back out again. And then I watched and it happened again and again. And I just have that sense that on Sundays I keep looking at that back door. If you see me turn around and nosing, I'm not nosing at you because I keep saying to Jesus, when's that wave coming? When's that wave coming? And I think it's going to be coming. I mean, we know the Holy Spirit's here all the time. When two or three are gathered, he's here all the time. But I just get that sense of momentum that Holy Spirit's saying, I so want to come and touch you, all of you, and each of you as individuals. And I want to refresh you. I want to fill you. I want to give you what you need again to bring you alive. But also, as I go back out of the door, I want to bless Lower Stoft. And I want to use you. I'm mindful of our time and I'm mindful that the kids are here as well. But we just, this is for everyone. And I I just read something at the same time from Dave Holden, who's an apostolic leader in New Frontiers. He says, teaching on the Holy Spirit always needs time and space for people to respond. To wait for the Holy Spirit to empower and renew us. The church needs to give room for him to come. And I just, we're going to sing one more song in just a minute. But I, first of all, just want to take an opportunity for us to respond to the Holy Spirit. And that might be different for each one of us. Remember, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us into deeper waters. So you need to be comfortable, whichever is comfortable for you, but also to respond to him in your hearts. So just before we sing a song, can I just ask you to stand, which is a good posture for us to be. And we said quite simply that, that, as Toby said, if we're thirsty, that we come and drink. And we ask, just Holy Spirit, come. And our good friend, uh, Jody Peake, when she's talking with the youth, she just said, sometimes we need to get over our own voice to to be able to to speak. But I just want to encourage you, just right now, just with a whisper of your voice, just say, Holy Spirit, I'm thirsty. I just need you to come into my heart afresh. Holy Spirit, we're thirsty, Lord. The thirsty Lord, in Jesus' name, we just ask you, God, come Holy Spirit. And if you've not been prayed for or received the Holy Spirit before, I just want to lead us together, and then we're going to have some time to respond individually. But the Bible says, as we read, if you who are earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? So Father, right now, we just ask, just in your heart, say, God, here I am. You can just you can close your eyes and no one can see <laughs> and just lift, lift your hands. 
just an open posture. Say, Holy Spirit, here I am. I open my heart to you. And I invite you to come into my heart. To fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, we want our inheritance. God, we want to be a spirit-filled people. And Lord, I pray for those that have experienced something in the past. That say, I don't know what I am now. I pray you would come afresh again. In Jesus' name I pray. Come, Lord God. In Jesus' name. And in the name of Jesus, Father, I just want to pray against fear that's been that bully. I come against fear that's been that person, that see that sort of sense of something that stands between us and being able to get back home. Father, in Jesus' name, we just say, fear, I'm not going to be ruled by you anymore. I want the Holy Spirit, and I'm no longer wanting to be influenced by you. And Lord, I just thank you that you'll help us in all those ways. But Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you right now. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. And then in Acts 8, it talks about that there was the Samarians who, who were, received the word but not yet received the Holy Spirit. And it says that then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And we just wanted to give some space in this last song. Mindful that please stay as long as you can, but if you have kids that need to, need to attend to, then please have the freedom to do that. But we don't want to leave without asking God to touch our hearts afresh. And so as we sing this song, All Who Are Thirsty, if you would value somebody praying for you, if you would value, I just would love to ask God just to stir my heart afresh. I, I, I know I've been kind of stuck in this, and I, I would value somebody pray. just want to open up the front here, or maybe you could get alongside somebody where you are. I just want to encourage you that as people come up, feel free, leaders and community group leaders and so forth, please feel free to jump in and serve with them as well. But we just want to give a space for the Holy Spirit to be expressed among us. So, Father, we just want to thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you, God.